spend less time in the in-between and more time acting and less time reacting. So be proactive versus reactive and don't sit in the middle where you're losing time. That mediocrity space, that was like three years of being half in, half out. Like what could have happened if I took the leap sooner? podcast is fuel for your mind and creative grind each week my guests and i provide the skills for thinking bigger overcoming adversity and making an impact with your work what's going on you're listening to episode 138 of the perspective podcast my name is scotty russell of perspective collective and i'm here to help you build a killer side hustle and elevate your brand outside your day job at the end of each episode i share a listener of the week so stick around to figure out how you can get a shout out on a future episode in the show notes, as well as in the newsletter. I'm stoked to finally announce this. I feel like I've been talking about this forever now, but the Side Hustlers Coaching Program officially opens for application submissions Monday, September 16th through Sunday, September 22nd. If you're hungry to aggressively elevate your hobby or side hustle to the next level, then the Side Hustlers Coaching Program is for you. Spots are super limited as I'm selecting 10 applicants to go on a three-month journey to tap into your gift and then unleash it on the world and have a good-ass time doing it along the way. If this sounds like the spark you need, then visit SideHustlersCoaching.com and jump on the coaching list. All updates on how and when to apply will be sent here. Again, stay in the loop at SideHustlersCoaching.com. This is the biggest thing that I've ever done before, so better believe that I am going all out for you. Can't wait. Uh, Let's dive into today's overview. So, our lives are like a book. It's a story comprised of chapters strung together that reach a conclusion. Thankfully, we're the authors of our own story. We call the shots on how the next chapters will be written, and more importantly, how our story will end. When a chapter doesn't fit the bigger picture that you see for yourself, you have the ability to recreate and reinvent yourself to change the plot of your story. In today's guest, he was formerly an all-star in the real estate and financial world, oddly enough, okay? that's, That's a little weird for this kind of show. He's experienced rock bottom in bankruptcy when the stock market crashed, causing him to reinvent himself multiple times to get to where he is today. And I'm talking about the new homie, new perspective podcast family, Ruben Rojas, a lifestyle artist, muralist, activist, speaker, and creative jock. It's always nice to find more of these rare hybrids these days. You know, and this dude's making plays over in sunny California. Ruben's mission is to create global change and empower communities through the lens of love. He does this through his nonprofit, Beautify Earth, which strives to be the cure for sad walls. So if you're into murals, you're going to love this one today, as in this episode, Ruben dishes out wisdom nuggets on reinventing yourself and creating for a bigger purpose, investing time in yourself, your craft, and your business, as well as your personal health, not living in the in-between worlds of mediocrity, showing up as your true self, not only offline, but more importantly, online, as well as his tips, tricks, and process for painting murals and more. If you're stuck in life and you need some inspiration to start writing your next chapter, then this episode with Ruben will no doubt empower you to do so. Before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Retro Supply. Retro Supply is the leading provider of Illustrator, Photoshop, Procreate, and Affinity Design resources to make your work stand out in the fraction of the time. They have a ton of new Procreate brushes that have just come out. The one I'm rocking the most lately is the one with Sam Larson, the insane illustrator. You know him on his 
Instagram. He's popping right now. And you can use my promo code SCOTTY20, that's S-C-O-T-T-Y, to get 20% off that or anything in the shop. I'm talking about brushes, actions, textures, and fonts. And this even works on sale items and bundles over at RetroSupply.co. And I'm putting this out in the universe. I'd love to get Sam Larson on the podcast. Just saying. So thank you, RetroSupply. You can find the sponsor link as well as a YouTube video of this episode over at perspective-collective.com slash 138. And please do me a quick favor and help me spread the good word if you found value in this episode. So please share a screenshot or a video of you listening or working to this in the background. Tag me on Instagram at perspective underscore collective or perspective podcast so we can connect and I can reshare the love back and make sure you tag my homie Ruben as well. As always, keep an open mind and act on anything that inspires you today. Let's go. Today, I'm chopping it up with one of the most jacked and creatively talented painting machines on the planet. Talking about Ruben Rojas. Welcome to the Perspective Podcast, brother. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me and for that intro. Yeah. And for those who don't know, me and Ruben don't really know each other. We met briefly at the Summit of Greatness. You know, I talk all about like Lewis House and how important that conference was to me last year, going back again this year. And this guy's paintings were the backdrop. It's the backdrop of Lewis House's uh, podcast. Um, but I guess I saw you for like two seconds at the nightclub thing and then we connected through Instagram and I've just been studying you. I'm always observing people in a non-creepy way of like headhunting people who I think would be amazing guests for this show. And that's, that's how we found each other. And, you know, I hit you up and here we are today. Yep. I'll be back this year as well. Yeah. We, we got, we got some fun happening. Yeah. What you doing this time? Or can you talk about it yet? I don't know if I can tell you. You're going to have to find out. All right. Yeah. I'm taking my wife here this time. Like that was uh, an crazy, crazy experience. Lewis, Lewis hooked it up and yeah, I'm definitely going back this year. But so for those who don't know, give us a brief Wikipedia page summary about yourself. Uh, the brief version. There really isn't a brief version. I went to school to be a doctor. I actually have degrees in biology, chemistry, almost physics, orthopedic surgeon is what I wanted to do. Uh, my focus was exercise science, fell into real estate. My first year of real estate, I made a lot. My first month of real estate, I made a lot of money. So I'm like, I think I'm going to go down this path, continue down that path. Because the other thought was like, I'm going to be bald, fat, in debt, about half a million dollars by the time I get out of school. And that didn't really entice me. Then I lost everything in 08 for killing it for a couple of years, bankrupt, had to rebuild shifted to financial services, was in financial services for exactly a decade. Um, halfway through that, painted my first mural. Then I started this transition of being half in and half out. Can't live in mediocrity, it's worse. I'd rather be in pure failure or over here on success. But if you're in that middle mediocre zone, it's the death zone. It is the worst thing for you mentally, physically, everything. So then I finally took the leap and I'm like, I got to do this. This is, this is what I have to do. Um, what the community demands of me, the messages that people got from the work that I do. And here I am full-time artist. And basically what I say is I, I entice the viewer and invite the viewer to see the world through the lens of love. We have a lot of, a lot of negativity and things that bombard us of how we're not good enough. We need bigger boobs. We need to freeze the fat. We need a bigger truck to enhance our masculinity. 
um, buy things, consume this and that. So I'm like, why don't we just be grateful for what we have? Think about love, forget thinking about fear so much. Think about abundance, think about our self-worth and realize that we belong here and we have purpose. And it doesn't have to be as grandiose as being the president or a CEO or Elon Musk. You could be you, just be the best parent you are. Be the best son you are. And that could be it. So don't think it's this huge thing. It, it just could be you. So that's kind of the quickest version I can lay that in. Giving me goosebumps, man. That's why I knew you'd be a part of this show and just a good fit because I align so much with what you're doing in terms of instead of chasing the glory, chase the impact. So I want to know on your site, you talk about your mission is to ignite creativity, inspire others to see the world through the lens of love, which you're just talking about. And like, where did that, where did that come from? You know, just from hitting, you know, from the gutter, hitting rock bottom and the bankruptcy and all that. I didn't even know that about you. So that's so inspiring. But like, was that the bottom is what, is that what inspired this vision? I mean, we get into it in this country. It's very capitalistic as a man, you're, you're kind of ranked by your status, by what you have, by what you own. In my 20s, when I was in real estate, I was making a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money. So then I had a nice truck and then I had 26 inch rims and a boat and this and this and that. And, and that's kind of how I defined myself. And it's all BS. It's all fluff, especially realizing when you lose it, it's only you. You have yourself when you're left with nothing else. So then I was like, well, that didn't really define me. I'm still me. I still have to climb out of it. There's still mental stuff and depression and things to deal with. But realizing that that shift was in the fact that amassing money for the sake of having money, for the sake of that status, was what was driving me. And once I lost it all, I realized like that wasn't enough. That wasn't a good, strong driving force because it could be gone overnight. So now I'm just driven by impact and what I'm doing and what I'm creating. Money's a byproduct um, and it's coming in and it's great, but I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to be doing and, and the purpose behind it. But a lot of that came in, I think my entire life I've kind of operated in the space, whether I knew it or didn't know it innately, you know, and then down the line, a lot of emotional intelligence, it's become a buzzword, it's become a topic, people getting smart with that. You know, as a jock, as everything, you're, you're taught to just be a man. Don't be sensitive. Don't cry. Suck up the pain, right? Rub some dirt on it. Yep, yep, Yeah, yep. exactly. It's just like, okay, you know, tape it up. I'm good. Yeah, put some tape on that broken leg. Hop it off. You know, realizing, and it's still hard, you know, but realizing that the strongest man you can be is your most vulnerable self. And if, if it's crying in front of everyone, then that's what it is. Hiding that back, anyone could hide it letting it go and just being you out there now that it's hard embracing embracing yourself and like this this whole show and just like blogging before i even got into podcasting was basically just like a journal an audio journal now now more of that now but it just was a platform for me to just get shit off my chest you know be vulnerable and the more i've opened up the more people vibe to the message the more you attract like-minded people especially when you're going for that impact instead of the glory were you always a creative then growing up Yes. So I've always been a creative. I've always done our, my notes in school. If you look all around them, mazes and characters and cartoons and you name it, it was always colored and always filled in. You know, in high school, I used to do book covers for people and I'd write their names or whatever. Was it like the brown paper bag covers on textbooks? Yeah. Yeah. I know you. 
then my mom would put contact paper on them. So I got smart. I'm like, oh, if I put clear contact paper, it's going to last longer. Mm. Sell it as a product. Smart. I want to get into your product game later too. I want to touch on yeah, that. I mean, I've always been a hustler on that side too. But yeah, creativity is always there. I was in Photoshop. Uh, not Photoshop didn't exist back then. I was in photography. Loved it. Woodshop, 3D design, knitting, wood whittling, electronics, you name it. Whatever we got stuck in to do, it was awesome. It's all skills that eventually transfer in some capacity or another. It's problem solving. That's creativity. It's problem solving in general, for sure. What sparked that? What, what rekindled your relationship back after going through like chasing the money, chasing the status? Where did painting come back into the mix? You know, where did you rediscover that analog love? You know, like 2013. Because how old are you now? Just so we can have some point of context of like age. 39. 39. Okay. Dude, you look like you're 29. Thank you. Yeah, 39. So 2013-ish. I mean, I always sketched and doodled. That was always there. That never went away. It was just, that's just one of the things I did. But actually getting back into painting, I started painting. I started doodling little canvas things. Uh, and I've never been much of that. I mean, I did oil painting and I have some paintings throughout my parents' houses and things like that. And one thing led to the other. And I don't know, I painted my first mural. <laughs> it kind of just from there it was. Just, just out of nowhere, you, you, the muse hits you and the strike of inspiration, strike while the iron's hot kind of thing? A little bit, but no. So I went to a workshop called MITT. Lewis House actually signed me up for it that's the backstory in that workshop i met evan meyer evan meyer and i created beautify earth mm. he started the movement of beautifying lincoln then he saw me doodling he said we got to get that on a wall we found a wall we enrolled our class to do the community service project as a mural painted my first mural here i am today that's how okay that's how you got hooked yeah that's that's awesome so we could, we could throw lewis in on that too man That'd be dope, man. Lewis has been a big inspiration for a lot of things for me right now, especially this new mindset that I've had going into things. But how was that transition then from full-time suit to full-time artist? Because a lot of people are chasing that, that leap. You know, I do a day job on the side. I do web design and then I pursue all this as a passion outside of it. You know, how was that process? Was there any in-between or were you just like, screw it, you had a nest egg or some savings and then jumped right into the, the world of doing art full-time? When did you start monetizing it? Mm -hmm. Oh man. Okay. Five years into financial planning, advising, you know, 401k life insurance and all that. So I've got all that knowledge and certifications and things which apply to everything that I'm doing now. But, you know, four years, five years in workshop happened, painted my first mural. Next year, paint one or two murals. In between that, I challenged myself to do like a hundred days of paintings. 100 days of creativity of some sort. Posted it on Instagram, keep myself accountable. From that, we started the movement Beautify Earth, where we're moving, where the whole point is ending ugly wall syndrome, right? Beige, boring shit boxes surround us. That's really what they are. And they look like prisons. And you're just like, why, why? Why is this <laughs> worth $10 million? And it looks like that. Yeah. So through that, I started doing more of that. We're building out this nonprofit. And I started sabotaging my finance business. And by sabotage, I've always been self-employed, so I've never worked for anyone. By sabotaging, it meant I didn't go after getting new clients. It took care of my clients. I did all my work. They were great. 
So it wasn't that I did anything bad there. It was more that I didn't take on new clients. I didn't take as many clients. I did less just because I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't driven by money anymore. And that's a very money-oriented business. To be able to take all that rejection and do the hard work, it's not an easy business. It's a difficult business, but it's a great business and you're doing good things for people. So if you got this like balance of like, I know I'm doing good for people, you know, families need this stuff. They need planning. They're going to retire, the yada, yada, yada. But I'm tired of caring more for people than they care. And I'm getting all this rejection and it's not worth it because I don't really care about all the money I'm making from it because I'm not motivated by money anymore. And then over here on this side, the nonprofit's not paying us anything. That's just like, let's end ugly walls. This is awesome. Let's keep doing this. We love street art. And I'm paying more murals and more murals and more murals. Granted, a lot of this was unpaid, you know, volunteer out of my pocket. And I think one of the biggest takeaways in a lesson here, especially with working with as many artists as I've worked with now through the nonprofit is investing in your business and your craft and in your product is what's going to get you going forward. So every time I painted a mural, that's a billboard. That's marketing. I'm not going to go put a Facebook ad. Hey, hire me to do a mural. You know, I don't know if it resonates the same way as putting up murals everywhere. And then someone drives by and says, hey, I want that. Who is that? Let me reach out. And then they message you. So over time and before I knew it, I had a clear style. I had a clear brand. I had a clear voice, not knowing any of that while I was doing it. You know, looking back now. Yeah, like how did you, you just stumbled into, because distilling your brand message, how you show up, how do you position your value to other people? a lot of things that people struggle with and you just kind of stumbled into it? No, it was, it's my truth. How did you know your truth? Because a lot of people also struggle with their truth. They have a hard time embracing themselves or getting to know themselves, the, the emotional intelligence. You know, a lot of people don't have that self-awareness. True. And I mean, that comes from all the pains and the trials and the bankruptcy and this and the rebuilding struggle, the rejection and the doubt, all these things. So, and we can dive back into that in a little bit later. So, but continuing this, I was living in this half in, half out mediocrity, the space of mediocrity that it's just like, I can't, it's killing me. So I'm making way less money in the finance. Yes, there's renewals. Yes, there's trails. I did not, you know, of course I saved money, but I didn't have this stockpile with an exit plan. You know, I have reserves because I'm in finance. I, I've done some smart things for that reason. But if I had quit and turned it all off, not realizing on the other end, if I can make money or not, that, that's not the smartest thing to do. You still need to make sure that you can put foot on, food on the table. But that's backsliding. This is kind of increasing but I never see its full potential, this being the art. And I never see its full potential because I'm in mediocre space. Living in the in-between. Yeah, so that's that in-between. I don't give this possibility. And one day I just stopped going to the office. That's it, I just stopped going in. Still handled business for my clients, still did all that. I just was like, I'm not, I don't care about my numbers. I'm not gonna make sales. This isn't what I wanna do. And I was just more here, more here, more here, more here. And, you know, here we are now making money, doing that full time. And I want to get back into like that part too. And from me on the outside looking in, like I'm a big observer person, especially like people who I feel have it together. They're providing value with people, making an impact, yet they also have a good relationship with their spouse. So how is your spouse? Because you, you and your spouse seem super tight from what I see from social, you know? And I think that's so awesome it's like your best friend your right hand woman 
you know, how important was her support pivoting to that spot? Because I, I know some people like for me, my wife didn't necessarily see the vision that I had of myself. It took her a while to catch that little glimpse of potential too. Now she's all in, but you know, was that difficult at the time for her to see, you know, what you saw for yourself or was she all in right away and been right behind your back? Man, she was all in and then she was in before I was in. Ah, keeper, keeper status. So shout out to the wife. Yeah. She, all the shout outs. I actually always credit her too. So it's like Evan and the wife. That's who, that's who got us going. And one thing just to add before I dive into that is, I think it's very important to share social and my wife and I are conscious about it. What we put out there is exactly who we are, what we are, the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, I, I think it's really cool when people meet me and they're like, oh, you're just like, like that is you. I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't it? Or you answered me, you replied. I'm like, of course, you're the reason why I'm doing this. So that, that's important. And I think it's important for everyone to realize they can come across. But it's not all just pretty pictures. I mean, people want to see the pretty pictures. But read the captions. Read what we're talking about. Read what's being posted there. Comment, engage. I think that's so important, building community. But uh, she was literally the muse and the catalyst also. And, and, and a lot of kudos to her for that. Because you realize men and women are wired a certain way. And women are wired to find safety and Men are wired to protect and provide. And usually, usually what you would say is like, you're in this great finance business. You are a leader in, the, in your office. You're doing well. You know what you're doing. Keep doing that because I'm going to have a good life. She's like, you're miserable. You hate it. Just stop doing it. I have, I have faith in you. I believe in you. I know of your past and your history. And you've always been able to be abundant. So like, just go do that. So that was one thing. The other thing is I used to write poetry. Well, I still write poetry, but, and I would read it to her at night. And she's like, why aren't you like sharing that? That stuff's good. I buy every RM Drake book and he's got a million followers and he sells them. Like you can make money off that. So I started an, inst an Instagram account with my poems. Uh, I haven't been as active on it, but it got up to like almost 5,000 followers just from the poetry. But I did, I separated it out. So it was Ben. So again, she was the proponent of me moving forward with that. So she is truly my muse and greatest supporter and advocate. And the other cool thing is like, we put each other on pedestals, but we don't lose each other within ourselves. I think that's very important in a, in a relationship. I've seen where one party does this and then the other party loses themselves. I've been in relationships where I've been put on pedestals and I'm like, I can't do that. I can't you're inhibiting me if you put me here and then I have to take care of you or if it's vice versa, because um, then I'd lose myself in that. So I think it, that balance is important. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I try to wrap in relationships because that's a key component. If, if the spouse or significant other or your partner, whatever it is, if they're not communicated with or shared the vision or on the team, you know, it's easy for them to resent you. It's easy for them to, you know, not want you to win in a sense and yeah it feels like you both are winning right now yeah and, and honestly it's like who's gonna win first like that's all it's like if, if it's you if it's me who cares if it's one of us that's all that matters if it's both of us great but it's not like you know if she just kills it and I could just be over here chilling I'm great with that too so and that, that's what's really cool. And, and with that being said, I mean, I asked her to marry me by painting a mural and writing a poem on the wall. So 
the two things that she was like supporting you with. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, I, I would love to know a little bit of like your daily process. How's, how's this work from getting up to going to bed at night? How's your day look? How do you structure your day? How are you intentional with your time taking care of yourself as well? I also want to talk about creatively working out because I think that's so important. And then how do you plan your next day or plan your attack? I am not a regimented, detail-oriented individual in, in normal sake. Like I, I'm very organized in what I'm doing. So every day is completely different. It, it does revolve around, I have to calendar my phone calls, my appointments, my meetings. Not on my calendar, it's not happening. Yeah. Um, plus keeping everything in order. You know, like for example, yesterday I kept playing phone tag with someone. We had a set time, that time was missed. But then we kept playing phone tag because I'm in this meeting or that meeting, I'm calling, calling. Or else you're playing this whole chasing game and that's not conducive to business to anyone's time. Time is the thing I value above everything else. Finite asset, yes. Time is worth, it's worth more than money, it's worth more than everything. My time is everything. And the only thing that really gets me in a funk is when people steal my time. So coming back from the Chicago project, they canceled my flight. So now I was stuck five hours in the airport and I shook most of it off and I could have like wallowed in it a little bit more, but. It's like, why? Okay, I could sit here and just be pissed off for the next five hours or figure out a solution or do something or do some work or do some emails. But still, I had a set time when I was coming back and moving forward for the rest of that day. So I just had to audible everything. Um, luckily, I had the app and I just flipped the switch and got myself on a new flight, which could have been a nightmare because the 300 other people were scrambling and mad dashing that's another test in resiliency yeah with chickens with their head cut off so basically going to bed every night's completely different anywhere from 11 to 1 you know when i'm tired i go to bed your night owl yeah when i'm tired but i wake up at 6 45 every day without an alarm wired like that it's just it happens so like i'm usually out of bed i might push it and say okay i'm gonna stay for 15 more minutes and i'll do like a meditation or something because you don't really go back to sleep so i'll think about something what am i going to do get up at seven brush teeth do that have a strong coffee head to the gym so i'm at the gym by eight train from eight to ten that doesn't mean i'm actually doing two hours worth of training it's warming up stretching socializing shooting the shit doing the workout maybe the cardio banger portion of it and then cooling down and going back and then from 10 on my day is everywhere uh, I could be in the studio, I could be in the office working on the nonprofit or my new startup now, which we're just crazy going through fundraising and building it out and wireframes and software coding and all these things that I'm completely new in. And in between all that, paying a commission, scheduling future mural projects, calendaring everything out. So the only thing calendared out are like project dates and travel dates, but everything in that I'm pretty flexible so i want to keep as much flexibility as possible do you own oh i like that i need to work on that for sure but do you handle this all yourself is your wife in on the business too or does she do her own thing as well she does her own thing yeah she does her own thing and she's equally all over the place yeah um with her meetings and running around and doing her thing so no this is all me 
I need help. I know I need help. And this is the plight of the business owner. The delegation, where can you delegate? Where, where the delegation's the hardest part for sure. Yeah, but you want to have your hands in everything. So, but I don't need to be shipping things out and sitting in the post office for an hour. I just don't need to do that. So I need to find the right person. We're working on that. Fulfillment sucks, man. I actually, this year, since my son was born, I cut like all my online shop. It just taking an hour, hour and a half every other night to ship and fulfill. So you're looking into like print on demand kind of things. Well, we'll see. I mean, I don't know yet. Right now I'm revamping the whole site again, going Shopify, going all in. These guys approached me and we're going to partner in some capacity. So it might be like a revenue share. Um, and they're just going to run it, grow it, build it, do it. And they believe in it that much. All you got to do is just do your thing, do what you do best and create dope shit. Yeah. Word. And, and right there, it's like a piece of something is better than trying to have everything of nothing. Say that one more time. Cause I want this to be like one of the key nuggets. A piece of something is better than trying to have everything of nothing. Yes, I have 100% of all of this here, but it's nothing. Or I have 20%, 30%, 10% of something that's actually working. You're a wise soul, man. <laughs> Thank you. If you struggle transforming your hobby into a side hustle and have the goal of transforming that side hustle into a side business, then please download your free Side Hustlers War Chest at SideHustlersWarChest.com. Pretty easy. This is your all-in-one toolkit for building a killer creative side hustle and elevating your brand outside your day job. Phase one is compiled of six guides that will help you uh, make focused time to grind outside your day job. It's full of iPad and uh, Procreate resources, drawing resources and tutorials, a murals 101 guide for those who need to get started or looking to elevate their game in the mural painting world. Uh, there's an audience building guide as well as my top book recommendation list for creativity, personal development and business. I get asked these questions all the time. I compiled everything into one resource and the goal is to continually upgrade and add to this. So please share with me your feedback and your ideas. I want this to be the best resource for you possible. And I want to go deeper in some of these. If you feel there's a need to go deeper, if you have more questions, again, download this resource for free at sidehustlerswarchest.com. And also do me a favor, give it a share on social media, letting me know that you've downloaded it or share with me your favorite guide so I can then reshare the love. I appreciate you and I hope you find value in it. I want to go back to this this uh, creatively fit aspect. So being that, again, we're both a bit of creative jock meathead type, which I think is kind of rare at the same time. Uh, how important is taking care of your physical well-being and even your mental well-being now that you're doing uh, meditation too, whether it's at night, in the morning, whatever, you know, how does it not only benefit your overall health, your overall mindset, but your overall creativity? Because a lot of us live that sedentary lifestyle and just stay glued into our screens or our sketchbooks training is everything for me as far as far as how i get everything out shake everything out the vanity is a byproduct it comes and that's not the focus of it it's more i want to be strong i want to be fit i want to be healthy i think i did a post about it. it's like i want to play with my grandkids when i have them i want to be 75 running around i want to be training the same way i'm training now at that age zombie apocalypse you never know all these zombie movies and stories you know, what we wish literally gets spoken into existence many times. And, 
enough people at one point someone's going to create something yeah that law of attraction man one of those diseases is going to get out was i just watched zombie land recently and one of the rules is cardio you know so you just like i'll run in that zombie in circles i'm like okay i need to get on that treadmill get my ass on there is that baby dad weight i say it jokingly but sometimes it motivates people but at the same time it's not like i'm terrified if this is going to happen or anytime soon but I want to be able to protect myself, protect anyone around me. If I have to run and I travel a lot, you never know what you need to do. So it really comes down to just being our best selves. Uh, I want to be strong. Strong people are harder to kill. You know, I, people are like, how much you bench? How much do you squat? And I tell them, and they're like, what? I'm like, why don't you ask me my mile time? You're ruining my rapid fire question right now. So I'll just ask you right now. How much is your deadlift, bro? <laughs> deadlift uh all-time best is 535 let's go how good is your mile all-time best is 505 damn forrest gump killing it right now i'm probably running six minute and change nice man nice i'm getting my cardio game up but this this is more than just working out but at the same time i know for me i'm on my best creative sharpness my mind is sharp my, my creativity the juices are flowing i don't deal with creative block as much when I've hit the gym or when I'm feeling good about myself, when I'm pumping out those endorphins. So, I mean, do you feel the same way? Yeah, it's just, it's just a time. Uh, I like to try to be off my phone as much as possible, but it doesn't happen. It's still two hours of potential work. So you can do both. Um, maybe not as focused on, on the training when I do that. I, I'll never do it during the cardio sections or the, or the hit sections, right? The CrossFit sections. But it is important. I, I mean, just for my mental health, I go a week without training. I'm just like, oh, I don't feel good. I'm a little fluffy. Body dysmorphia kicks in. You, 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 you are in more pain. Like, even though I'm sore from working out, it's like this different, I didn't move type pain. And, and we're made to move. We're built to move. And, you know, then you start just putting in all that, those nasty thoughts in your head. So, so to me, it's like, I just don't, once I went and moved and starting your day sweating with that foundation is like, What's next? The rest of the day is next. You got something done. Like you put, you invest the time in yourself to be that best version yourself. Like bring on the rest of the day. Like mine's usually at night because I got to work on my business in the morning. But still, yeah, that, that's that's awesome. Um, I want to pivot real quick because we got a big mural audience, and I love doing murals as well. Not on the scale that you do, but I know a lot of people who also do murals, and that's why I thought you'd be a good fit. So we we know how you got in this scene. So I want to you know, ask a couple more questions about your process. So first off, do you enjoy spray paint more or like outdoor acrylics, latex house paint or something? I use a combination of both. In the same piece, like on the side of a wall? In the same piece. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's not one or the other. So, yeah, I use both. So um, my love pieces, like on Lewis's, that was all spray paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all spray paint. My writing and things like that are spray paint. But when you fill in these big sections, I use the roller. Especially like when it's like a mixture of like you got your sections, like your vertical columns and then some kind of type or anything over it. And it just takes up too much spray paint, too much cans, too much waste. I'm conscious about like what's the impact we're making at the same time. So, uh, you know, if I, I could easily go through a thousand cans on one of these murals or I go through like 20 gallons of the other stuff. So, you know, I, I do consciously make that choice. All those spray paints quicker, and some of these surfaces that I'm painting on, Rough. it gets the job done quicker. So it's a combo of the two, you know? Do you have a preference? If you're just going to throw down on the spot real quick in your studio on a canvas, what do you prefer? 
Well, I'm just gonna go do a love piece with can with spray paint. Spray paint. Yeah. Although, so this is all brush. That's brush work. Ah, you can tell. Yeah, way different Perfect. than the piece over there. Well, that's, that's actually painting. oil. That's pastel, oil pastel. A new thing I'm working on. Uh, I don't have anything here that that has spray paint behind me. So tangent question. So I'm a script junkie. If I'm going to default to any type of font or lettering or typeface, it's going to be script. Where did the script come from? The like the love script? Yeah, the love script. Like, where did that come from? How was that your style? How did you define this style? There's a lot that's out that I've never published. Like I started, I've done tons in all caps. I've done tons in lowercase. And then I just started doing script and I'm like, you know, script's a lost form. We don't, we don't write that way. I write in all caps. So I thought it, I wasn't sure if it was like symbolism because script is all connected and flows in one and you could tie So it that goes in. into that actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, and then it started, it's got the lean, like leaning forward. And if you see like from 2016 to today, like, it's evolved so much into the way it looks right now but love's infinite so script's infinite that moves as one line it leans forward because you want to always be moving forward i mean that's kind of what it is love's based on everything the colors the colors stand for there's no right way wrong way to love we all love differently we don't come with instructions that's really that's kind of really what it comes down to yeah a vibe to it do you do you grid out your murals or say it's like it's a big ass outdoor wall you know do you use a grid method or are you just freestyling things or if it's indoors are you more projecting kind of things you know what's your typical method for you know what each project is different what's what's your typical method for you know two different projects or which yeah just how do you how do you project or how do you grid uh i've never done grid uh long time ago i kind of learned gridding but no i do freehand stencil or project so combo of all three one or the other it really depends on how you do one of those big ass walls i just saw like that's the old sears building wall how did you attack that one uh projected that line okay so you had to go out there like super late at night or early in the morning yeah late late at night and did you just project project sections did the whole thing is this like a projector that you stole from a science lab to get cover a whole building <laughs> like that? No, it's, it's, it's a regular projector. <laughs> it's Bill Nye's, the science guy's projector. It's a regular projector. The thing is, it's only going to give me lines and spacing. I still need to know what I'm doing because when you walk up to it, you're like, where's the line? This is, this is a square. This is a pixel. Like what's happening here? Yeah. So it's more, it's more to just being able to do the section are you chalking your guides then spray paint spray paint okay so just like white spray paint line or something so the lines if i do vertical i do chalk lines i do tape eyeball it like chalk line stuff straight edges of store yeah okay 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 but that's all random i that's all i kind of decide as i'm doing however i chop it up whatever the colors are perfect okay um, any tips on pricing? Do you price on like square footage? People love to know these details. Like one of the questions I get the most is like, how do you price a mural? Yeah, I, I, can you tell me that? <laughs> how do you price uh, it? Some people like minimum going rate, depending on details, like $35 per square foot. Some other people who've been doing it a while are like $50 per square foot, also depending on detail. So the, the, there's something deeper in the pricing game. The pricing game comes down to self-worth. And value. It's value-based pricing, but like, it's like a- And ego though. Ego. Because sometimes someone's like, I want 200 a square foot. Why? Because I'm me. Or, yeah, I'll do it for five bucks a square foot. Why? You're not making any money. I don't know. You know, so it's a sliding scale. A 10 by 10 wall at 30 bucks a square foot is not enough. Mm -hmm. uh, that Sears building at 
30 bucks a square foot would be $200,000. <laughs> right. So was that a payday then for you? No, I didn't get paid that. But no, I'm saying, so you can't really use square foot all the time. I think it's how you're attacking the project that you're doing. I've set minimums. Um, I, I really won't do anything for less than 5K now unless you're like a homie or something. Just because it's my time going out there. Even that's helpful because it's not just the time you put into it. It's the time that you put into experience to get to where you are today. The time, some people for school, some people for online workshops or any time that you've invested in yourself on top of the value it provides. So if it's for a big end customer, you can charge more. But if it's for a local mom and pop, you know, it's a little bit different. So there's a lot of factors, definitely. But I don't know if you had like that baseline. All that, all that's into account. Is it a prime wall that I'm dreaming of doing? Like deep down, sometimes you're like, dude, I'll just do it. Like, yeah, yeah. Pay me, but I'll just do it. I'm not going to tell you that. But, you know, at the same time, I'm like, Ruben, we want you to do Ruben. I'm like, hey, this is, this is what it's going to cost. There's this, this, it's such a hard question. I don't know how to answer it. I'm still trying to figure it out. As long as I walk away from the project and don't feel like I undersold myself or was cheated, I'm happy. I know that's not a great answer, but I think it's a way great answer. Okay. But like one of these, like an eight by eight or something like that. I mean, 5k is kind of what it's going to be. There's, it, it's my skill, my expertise, my, that that's gross. So it'll include supplies and things like that. If I have to rent a lift, that's an add on. I do have insurance. So like you're getting insured, an insured um, artist. Talk about the insurance part. Most people don't even know about this. So do you have insurance on yourself or on like the equipment you use or like say you do something on someone's side of the business and like a bunch of paint spills? Like what, explain the process of being insured on something. The insurance, that's just being a business owner. So we, we, we forget that we're running a business. And people ask, and I know it's a hang up for people. So it's like a million dollar liability policy. It's more people get hurt or something happens, spilling paint on the ground that happens. You know, sometimes they're apologetics and they'll be like, okay, cool. Thanks. I know you didn't do it on purpose or you power wash or do whatever you can, or try to get a matching gray spray paint. You just paint over it back in gray. Cheat codes, cheat codes. Yeah. So uh, it's just being a professional. Every time you level up and show how professional you are, it only adds to the value on top of what you're doing. So operating through the nonprofit, I've heard horror stories where people are like, you know, we're not going to hire a muralist because we paid him and he took off. He paid it half the mural and left, disappeared with my money. You know, and these are people that paid significant money. It wasn't like 500 bucks. You know, I was like, no, I gave him eight grand and he painted 2000 worth and left. Mm. So I think as much as possible that you can make yourself look professional and take those doubts out of people's minds and those conversations. I also don't collect the whole payment up front. I'll do a deposit. 50% up front, 50% yeah. post. And, and you obviously have agreements too. The more professional you are having an agreement for both parties. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. This is a lot of things people don't do, Ruben comes natural to you, but that's why I'm trying to distill the information to people see how a professional operates. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite brand of paint that you recommend? Whoever hooks me up. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an expense. It's a hard cost. Oh man. I'm sure. Especially when I saw that mountain of spray cans, if you've watching, uh, if you're watching this, I mean, maybe you can see it. I, I'm not sure if I was recording but, uh, before that, but you bake it into the contract that a lot of people will then cover supplies for you or is that baked into your like your final pitching offer i kind of give just a gross number i, I don't really 
it's hard to really start light item, adding light items to anything because then they're like, oh, okay, so so if you're charging X and your supplies are X, what is all this extra going to? Well, yeah, it's my fee. And then they start thinking. I'm like, yo, I'm there for 12-hour days, five days straight just grinding. What's my hour worth? You want to start breaking it down? It's like people forget that. So – but for the most part, it's not like a huge gap difference. If you rent a lift, it's two grand. Yeah. If you if you need a fifty foot articulating boom lift, right? A scissor lift could be seven fifty. So that's just part of the cost. Paint could be, you know, paint is depending where I'm at, I do get a great discount. Sherman Williams hooks me up. Fifty percent of, of of our cost can also be the paint, the rental needs, all the paint supplies and everything like that. So realizing that, you know, a big chunk of it is the hard cost. For sure. You know, a gallon of paint is what, 55 to $75 plus tax times however many colors. Sometimes I'm using, what, 25 colors in there? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, your work is hella colorful, too. Mine's very basic, monochromatic in a sense. You kind of differentiate your income. It still requires your time. It's a product and service of you. But your mural work has then led to like gallery pieces as well as like custom pieces for people. So how does work come in? Is that usually through Instagram? Like how are you attracting these pieces? And then, you know, is most of your work come through Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. It's and then just organic. Word of, so word Instagram or no, my murals. Someone walked up to a mural. I like it. And they see that little stencil call to action at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just my signature and, and my, my name. So then that goes back through Instagram because they look me up through Instagram. So Instagram's a connector that you can put out. I'm not going to put my email address on a wall, but I'll put my Instagram handle. Yeah, for sure. Everything's been organic. You know, I'm to the people are asking me, do you have an agent? Do you have a manager? Do you have this? Like, how did you get that TV thing or this or that? I'm Solo like, dolo. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's the right thing. I mean, at some point. It's whatever works for you. Cause I talk to people who have representation and I talk to people who just go all out doing it themselves. You're not a businessman. You're a business, man. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Yeah. Jay-Z all day. No, the thought is if you get representation, they should bring you more business to the table. So if someone said, hey, I'd like to rep you, I'm like, yeah, anything you bring in, fine. Again, goes back to saying giving up a piece of something that wasn't on the table, big deal. It wasn't there until they brought it to you. So I have no problem doing that. But it's also starting to find the right people that – get the mission and get the vision. I can't just have anyone come in and just like, look, I could pitch the crap out of you and put you everywhere. I'm like, no, I still got to pick and choose and be smart about it. Smart. Yeah. Cause you, yeah, you do have just the brand immediately. When I go to your page, I know exactly who you are, what you do, what's in it for me and why should I care? You know, passing the grunt test and everything is so aligned. And I think that's why you're winning. And I think a lot of people, need to be more strategic in how they show up and curate themselves yet still be them true selves online of course mm -hmm. all right what uh before we go into rapid fire question what's one piece of advice you give to your past self when you were just starting off spend less time in the in-between and more time acting and less time reacting so be proactive versus reactive and don't sit in the middle where you're losing time. That mediocrity space, I was like three years of being half in, half out. Like what could have happened if I took the leap sooner? I think that's great. That's also about challenging your comfort zone. Stop living where it is comfortable. I know I'm going to get to that point where it's going to be shit or get off the pot. 
you know, get this debt out of here from student loans that I got myself into. And, you know, it's, it's time to take the leap into Perspective Collective full time. So hearing this is actually really inspiring. So, all right, rapid fire question. It's as rapid as you want. You can go on a tangent, all right? It's just the section. So if you were on death row, my friend, what would your last slice of pizza be? Pepperoni. My man. Any more specific? Not really. Maybe I like thin crust. So I, if I had to choose like a region, I guess a nice big fat hunk of New York pepperoni pizza. Word. All right. I'm a pepperoni guy too. Um, if you could have lunch with one person, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Man, there's so many people. Can I? I want two people. I want to put two people. It's your world, man. We're living in it. The Rock. But I want to work out with them. I want to work out with him. My friend actually was in a movie with him. So it's like, I'm right very close to, she's like, come just show up in his gym. But anyway, uh, Elon Musk. I like both of those, man. So you're like, what's that? The six degrees separation of Kevin Bacon. You know, you're like only six people away from knowing Kevin Bacon. No, you know, it's person. social media though. It's 3%, three people, like 3.2 on average. But I'm actually one person away from Musk also. Ha. <laughs> So that means I'm 3.2% away from getting to shake Kobe Bryant's hand. Yeah, I played basketball with him once. You did? Oh, yeah. Okay, here's another rapid-fire question then off the top of my noggin. So I'm a huge Laker fan. You like basketball? You got a sports team around there? Lakers. Okay, what do you think of this whole Clippers situation? Oh, God, I don't even want to talk about it. Oh, my God, dude. I was living on my phone, like, waiting for these notifications to go off. And in the middle of the night, for me, I'm two hours ahead of you. Kawhi goes to the Clippers. Man, I thought we had it, and it's a wrap, and all the sources are saying, yeah, oh, it's for sure just between the Lakers and Toronto. He wants the Cali life and that Paul George trade, and now Westbrook going over here. It's going to be an interesting year for the Western Conference, man. Yeah, it'll be fun. I, I, honestly, also, I haven't even – I've been so busy in this creative space that I started limiting things because – I, I've gone to hundreds of Laker games. I used to, and when I was in real estate, they gave us tickets for free. So like we were there, we checked out the game. Like I've seen all of that, the Shaq, Kobe era, everything, Magic Johnson when I was a kid, Damn. all this stuff. And it's been amazing. And Trojan games too. And now it's like, I haven't paid attention to it. Once Kobe left, it really, really, really was just like, God, I'm a Laker fan. I'm going to cheer for them. But I'm like, Kobe was my everything in basketball. Kobe was everything. I even wrote a blog post about 13 things we can, like, learn from Kobe Bryant, the Black Mama. But, all right, you just got some more credit points in my book, man. You couldn't get any <laughs> – you got cooler somehow. All right, what's your favorite product collaboration you've made to date? You said you're redoing your product site, but, you know, you got products on your um, website. I'll link it up in the show note. But what's your favorite product collaboration you made to date? I, I know I have ideas in my head of what I want to do next. Yeah. Like I want to do, I want to do a commercial airline. I'm pitching that. Sick. I don't have, I don't really have a favorite. They've all been fun. They've all been challenging. They've all been, you know, I did this chair with this curve and I'm like, how am I going to, the spray paint's going to like, how do I do my thing in that? And then I figured out and I did a two versions of it. So it's more the challenge of doing it and, and surrendering to, the surfaces, the curves, the changes, things are going to change what you would think it was going to look like. But as long as, you know, you, you did your best, that's all that mattered. All right. So my favorite one with a utility purpose that still has a dope design is your uh, love tumbler on your site. Go check it out. There's a free plug for you. And that Ducati that you did. The bike. Ducati, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Terrified. People, people need to go see that. Was that is that yours? Uh, it's it's at my buddy's shop. Okay, I think I saw like a photo of it within your studio. I'm like, damn, you're rolling around LA with that. Um, no, I remember we masked it off. We got it all ready. I'm like, I might can the first can of paint, and I'm just like, oh, okay. I would have shit a brick, man. Two bricks. I, I, yeah, and then I finally put the first one. Boom, boom, boom. Three. I'm like. All right, let's go. Got lost in the sauce from right there. after the first one, it was just, yeah. Sick. Yeah, no, that's a dope piece, too. So, there's a video of me painting it. Yeah. Oh, that thing. I love that thing. Okay. That one's sick. So, I wanted to throw that one out there. Two more small little questions. Uh, how do you unplug and disconnect from the grind? Because if you're like me, your work is play. True. Um, I know you travel I, a lot. I get off my phone as much as I can. Um, and at night, I guess at night, like my wife and I like to watch TV. I mean, she stays on the phone cause she's working. Um, but I'll try to put my phone away and we'll just binge a show or something. What's your Stranger show? Things. I was one Stranger of the 40 Man. million. Yeah. It's yep, yep. I show, but like it's a show that I, I binged. You Game of Thrones fan? Of course. Uh, that's like, I'm, I'm a hardcore. If I was borderline obsessed about anything other than pizza, it'd probably be Game of Thrones. So, yeah. and I have zero complaints about the last season and the haters keep on hating. You have like, you just that unhappy with your life. Who cares? Like, yeah, go create it yourself. En enjoy and go do your own thing. Make what you wish to see in the world instead. Yeah. And it was made and it is what it is. You're not going to change it. And I just want the last books to come out now. Get your damn books out there, George R. R. Martin. If you're listening to this show magically. Okay. Last one. Where can people go to follow you and support you online? Uh, at Ruben Rojas on my Instagram, RubenRojas.com. Everything's at Ruben Rojas. Twitter, not that I tweet that often. Um, Facebook, what else is out there? All the things. All the things. My man, dude, this is fun. I feel like I've already known you for a minute now. And it's been a pleasure to have you on. I'm honored and I respect your time. And I appreciate you giving us your time today because time is our most finite asset and man you dropped a lot of knowledge today man thank you for opening up and sharing all the goods being transparent and just being here present you're welcome thanks for having me no problem we'll keep in touch all right PC family, Ruben Rojas. Not only does Ruben have an incredible story, but his mission and his outlook on life is inspiring and contagious to say the least. When I got off this conversation with him and I was just pumped to take on the rest of my day. So do what you do best. If you found value in what Ruben said today, please go blow him up on Instagram right now and tell him what your biggest takeaway was. Ruben, thank you so much, man. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you, your time, and your wisdom today. If you think someone else needs to hear this message, do me a favor again and share it with your friends, your family, or your following. Just know I appreciate it. And if you're looking for online community of like-minded people sharing resources and their work along with providing feedback and more, then join our global Facebook family. I know what it's like feeling like you're isolated alone on an island trying to make plays and trying to win, and it's just... It's really, really hard to do. You got to get around like-minded people and that's what this is about. So go to Facebook, The Perspective-Collective, join the collective, join the movement, or the link is in the show notes as well. And if you're looking to support this show and it's helped you somewhere along your creative grind, there are two ways you can make that happen. First off is by financially backing the show at patreon.com slash perspective podcast like my family at Iron Bean Coffee Company does. 
The second way to do this is by subscribing and leaving a rating and review in iTunes or Apple podcast. Not only does it help the show climb the charts in the design category, but more importantly, it staples you in permanently forever as a listener of the week in an episode, the show notes, as well as in the newsletter. And this week's listener of the week comes from Caters Bonneville. It's titled Time to Find Your Community from the USA. All right. She states, Scotty, 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 you absolutely kill it. If you're an artist who hasn't listened to the podcast, what are you doing? Scotty takes care of his tribe and whether you follow him on social, listen to the podcast or in the Facebook group, you will find nothing but resources and support to make you a better artist in all areas of your work. Join us and welcome to the family. That's dope. I should have just said her listener of the week plug instead of even plugging the family. So that's, that's awesome. Again, join the Facebook family. Come join us. Come join these like-minded people. Thank you for being an ambassador of that. I appreciate you, Caters Bonnerville. And as I sign off, I got to give a huge thank you to my podcast editor, Anya Brennan, my executive assistant, Paige Garland, and my video specialist, Colton Bacher. You three are the trifecta. You're the glue that puts this show out into the world. You keep everything together. I appreciate the hell out of you, as well as Nick Jenkins of Bluka for all the dope theme music you hear on this show. Follow him, support him, and listen to his music online on Spotify, Instagram, at SoundCloud, at Bluka. That's B-L-O-O-K-A-H. And as you finish off your week strong, I want to encourage you to keep showing up, keep putting the work, and keep creating. You got this.